Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Welcome to another edition of the It's Cavalier podcast. It's your boy, Mac. Man, Cavs emerge victorious tonight, going 128 to one over 105 against the Atlanta Hawks, who were visiting. Man, what a game. It just felt complete. Wire to wire. It really did. It felt like a complete game. We got a lot of really good performances in this one, headlined by none other than you know who. Donovan Mitchell, right? This this motherfucker, after going a combined eight of thirty-five or twenty-two point nine percent, which includes two of eleven from distance over the course of the last two games, Donovan Mitchell finally got his shit together. He got a shot going. He led all scores all the night with forty points on a pretty damn efficient fourteen of twenty-five. That 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 was beautiful. That was beautiful. <laughs> uh, you know, he knocked down some very, very huge triples, three of 11 from three point distance tonight. But nevertheless, he, each time he needed one, he knocked him down. And he, I'm pretty sure that each one he took was a step back, if I'm not mistaken. That dude is ridiculous. He probably heard all that it's time to trade Donovan Mitchell bullshit that some of the fan base has been, uh, been spewing. And he, he said to himself, he probably said, fuck y'all. <laughs> I need to remind y'all motherfuckers who I am. And honestly, that's exactly what he did. He did that. Uh, that's an all NBA type player right there. Put some damn respect on his name. Uh, prior to tonight's game, he came, and this is the crazy thing to me. This dude came into tonight averaging 27, 5 and 5, basically, on a really efficient 45% from the field and a very, very respectable 37% from three point distance. And people were just, what are you expecting? What do you want from him? Seriously. What more do you want from this guy? He already showed you just how high caliber of a guy he is last year after he scored 70-plus fucking points in Cleveland on in route to being named second-team All-NBA, if I'm not mistaken. What are you – like, what, seriously, what are you expecting out of Donovan Mitchell? Seriously. Uh, you know, honestly, we needed him to get back on track from a scoring standpoint. And I honestly believe that he needed to see some of those triples going. It was really nice to see that it was a sight for sore eyes. Uh, he drove in and attacked inside. He drove triples on the perimeter. He trusted his team and moved the ball. So we didn't get so much hero ball tonight. And he honestly had a really slick dime to Jared Allen in the fourth for an in one opportunity. That was one of my favorites on the night. And I was just really impressed by his performance tonight, especially for a guy who people keep saying for some reason needs to buy in to the team, to the concept of team basketball, which like dudes, the guy is averaging a career high. If, you know, if my memory serves me correctly, he is averaging a career high in assists this season. And 
I get that that's not necessarily the best indicator on how well a player is moving the basketball because we have seen some selfish assist stat padding out there from players in the past, but I just don't get that from Donovan Mitchell. He really is actually moving the basketball. He's trying to find the open man. Um, have there been points where maybe he could have trusted uh, trusted his teammates a little bit more in the past when they had open looks? Sure, but at a certain point, I feel like the disrespect just, just gets too loud. Tom K says, how DG answering Trace 3 at the end of the half? DG needs that Trace status, especially on foul calls. Tom, I love you, man, but you know damn well these refs. They, uh, as to, not to quote uh, our dear old friend Dr. Claw here, but the refs eat poo-poo a lot, right? <laughs> they just do not fuck with us in regards to these foul calls, especially Darius Scarlin and Isaac Okoro. Now, um, Donovan Mitchell, he can draw fouls all to live one day because of how physical his drives are into the paint. But Darius Garlin, uh, Isaac Okoro, these guys, they just don't draw foul calls at all, and I just don't understand it. And speaking of Isaac Okoro, this was a game that you know many people need to look at and, and review the film here because Isaac off that bench, the stat sheet is going to tell you he only scored six points, grabbed two rebounds, uh, dished out two assists, but his energy was felt every single minute that he was out there, especially in that third and fourth quarter. That second half for him, man, the, the dude was all over the place. He is just energy personified. He is the literal embodiment of energy out there. And when he's playing confidently, good luck <laughs> if you're the opposition. In the sequence of like 30 seconds, guy has a block on Bogdanovich and then backs him down on the other end uh, for a pretty easy layup inside looking like a little LeBron out there, right? Um, and I just don't understand it. Like to people who don't understand the value that a guy like Isaac Okoro presents to the Cleveland Cavaliers, I, I fail to understand your reasoning. Just because a guy isn't out there uh, when the guy when the Cavs are winning some of these big time games, like the game against uh, Denver and the game against Philly, just because Isaac isn't playing doesn't mean he's not needed. Doesn't mean he's not valuable. Doesn't mean the Cavs will not need him down the stretch against uh, some of these playoff caliber opponents. You saw just how well this team can function when he is out there. Uh, but as TuneIn Sports One says down here, everybody played great tonight, and I'd be I would be remiss if I didn't highlight one Evan Mobley. Oh my God, that motherfucker out there just rejecting everybody, especially Trey Young. He likes uh, he, apparently he likes to swat Trey Young shots. I just I love it. Now, Bleach Report, this Bleach Report app is telling me six. The broadcast said five, and then I saw right after the game it said six. So I don't know how many blocks exactly he got, but I'm going to roll a seven right now because that's what Bleach Report is telling me. But, man, 17 points, 19 boards, seven blocks, double-double in the first fucking half. Guy's playing aggressive. We got a three ball tonight, only his second of the season. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I really don't know. Uh, you know, sometimes Bleach Report can be all over the place with their stat tracking. I need to take a look at both ESPN and the official Cavaliers app. But 20 boards. I wouldn't be surprised if that was the actual count. Bleach Report at least, uh, lists it at 19 as of right now as I'm looking at it. But for him, man, double-double in the first damn half out there attacking the glass – just phenomenal, just phenomenal performance from him on the night. He 
And this is a, in a matchup where Atlanta has one of the more physical bigs out there in Clint Capella, right? Um, they play kind of small. You know, they're, they're rolling with a five-man group of Trey Young, Sadiq Bey, Murray, uh, Hunter, and Capella, right? Capella is their biggest guy out there. Uh, and I believe they have Hunter starting at power forward, but he's just 6'8". So it was a really, really good matchup for Evan Mobley. Loved it. And he played like it, man. Uh, he was his ultra-efficient self, uh, 8 of 11 from the field. And for me, like some of the passing out there that they were able to get him in, in good spots and so he could find a shot, just exquisite. I don't like, what more do you want from this dude? Seriously. What more do you want from him? To the folks that say he hasn't developed at all, I don't fucking know. Respectfully, I do not fucking know what you are watching. 19 rebounds tonight. Surely you could admit that he has improved as a rebounder, right? Surely you could admit that. Surely you could admit that he looks more confident out there as the season has rolled on. (laughs) Yeah, dude, I don't know, man. Like I said, Bleacher Report is all over the place with their stats. Uh, He says, might be 19, but still a big game. You're damn right it's a big game, man. Uh, And yes, he shot 100% from three-point distance. You can brag about that. Feel free to tell people that I told you that. You can brag about it 100%. It was only one shot, but I don't give a fuck. (laughs) It was nice to see him have the confidence to pull that. Absolutely loved it, man. Uh, This was a matchup Cleveland obviously needed. Um, Scored 128 points. Uh, absolutely obliterated Atlanta. Unfortunately, it still is not going to result in us advancing to the next round of the in-season tournament, unfortunately. Um, I love the concept. I really do. But tonight, all I really truly cared about, guys, is walking away with a win and putting another streak together, especially after these last couple of games, man. We we, we really could go on a, a roll here. But tonight was just awesome because everybody contributed up and down the floor. Let's talk a little bit about Max Struess, who continues to be just this floor spacing, uh, you know, dynamo out there. The guy, 11.3, about seven assists. Y'all have heard me say this on a number of occasions already about Struess, but I remain impressed with his ability to move the basketball. It's not just the fact that he's making the next pass because fully capable. All NBA players should be capable of making that extra pass, right? But it's the way that he's able to set up some of the bigs out there. It's the chemistry that he has built with Evan Mobley. It's the chemistry he has built with Jared Allen. It's the fact that he can drive and kick. I just recently put out some content about George Niang, who I'll talk about in a little bit. And while doing some research on that, I was really, really surprised to see how many assists, well, what his assist percentage is, for one, and how many assists he actually has when driving the basketball. And FYI, if you guys haven't actually watched that video yet, George Niang uh, (laughs) is actually shooting better uh, when driving the basketball than Max Struess, but Max Struess has by far been the better passer because he knows how to dish and kick out to the perimeter, especially. Absolutely love what Struess has brought to the table. And for anybody who still questions whether or not we should have handed him the deal we handed him, whether or not we should have made that trade in the first place by shipping Jetty and Lamar out, I don't know. Respectfully, again, I don't know what the fuck you are watching because Max Struess has been everything we bargained for and more out there. The shot, sometimes it'll come and go. Tonight, it was on, obviously, three of seven from three-point distance. And 
this is exactly what we wanted out of the small fort position, right? Volume shooting at a respectable clip, a clip that makes defenses have to pay attention. It That's really as simple as it gets. Is he spacing the floor? Yes, he is. Is the defense having to account for his presence? Yes, they are. Is he filling up the stat sheet in other ways that we've thought previously not possible? He is. He's doing everything that, uh, you know, everything that we wanted out of him. And he's given us more than we bargained for on his way to a career highs, basically across the board. He is the Cavs leader in minutes right now, if I'm not mistaken. And he's playing some pretty underrated defense out there. As uh, Jalen X100 says down here, Struess is a better defender than people think. Now, I've seen this continuously pointed out over the past couple of games. And honestly, I've watched this all season in all 18 games that the Cavs have been out there. Max Struess, this dude, man, he plays with an intensity on both ends of the floor. He really does. And honestly, it really simply just feels like he's playing it with a level of intensity that other Cavs just don't have. Like, I don't, maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm crazy. But I feel honestly like Max Struess, when it comes to an intensity factor coming from that Miami Heat system, the dude just locks in. He is all about his business out there. He looks like he is just ready to win the fucking game and take his ass home. And I am completely on board with that. I love that shit because one, I didn't expect the guy to be a good defender. I respected him to be not necessarily a liability, right? I just expected some solid movement shooting, a guy who could go out there and generate some good looks for the rest of the offense by virtue of garnering the defense's attention. I did not expect the fact that the guy could play make at a really uh, underrated clip or the fact that he is actually a pretty competent defender. I just didn't didn't expect us to get all of this in this you know in that package i really didn't and kudos to kobe altman and company for making that shit happen because there were a lot of people that were on the fence about that addition in the first place some people were saying oh jetty osmond can do the same thing if you give him the opportunity respectfully i don't know what the fuck you're watching because no jetty cannot do half the shit that max Bruce is doing and that is no, no no disrespect to fan favorite while he was here jetty osman it's just calling a spade a spade max Struess is capable of doing it on both ends as tune in says down here glad we got the right player from the heat i think gabe benson still struggling or been hurt uh yeah i'm actually a, a pretty big fan of gabe benson i really hope he can pick it up there in LA. I just, he's gotten off to a rough start there. Obviously you are 100% correct here. Tune in. I think we got the right guy. Um, I don't think Gabe would have been, I don't know what the fit would have been here. Would he, would he have been the backup point guard here? I don't know, but um, I feel like for what we needed, Max Struess has been just a godsend. Like he's not a perfect player by any means. But he has been everything that we could have asked for and more and on a pretty manageable contract, right? As as these next couple of seasons roll on, especially when viewed against the backdrop of some of these contracts that have been handed out this past offseason, Max Struess's deal, very similarly to how Jared Allen's looked uh, after the all-star berth that he garnered, it's looking like a, uh, a bargain. It's looking like it could be one hell of a bargain already. And that's not to say Max Struess is going to make the all-star game, but 
he is averaging career highs and he is giving the Cavs something they just did not have last year. And that is a real threat from the perimeter out there. Real wing. <laughs> I mean, uh, yes, he is undersized by today's standards, but he's getting the job done. He surely don't play like it either. He plays with a level of intensity on both ends of the floor. He's a veteran out there, uh, you know, for this for this Cleveland team. I think they actually said Max Drews has the most playoff experience for this rotation, um, if I'm not mistaken. But, man, I just I, – I couldn't be any more hyped up for this – for this edition that I am right now, because he's just been such a wonderful sight out there. Even in some of these games that we've lost that I feel like have been complete shitters, right? Games that didn't have a whole lot of positive takeaways. Struess has always been a, a really good, uh, like a net positive out there for the most part, not perfect, but he is filling that role very, very well. Uh, you know, as you keep it all rolling down here, Jared Allen, I thought he actually had a pretty good game tonight, despite, you know, the, the, the stats not necessarily indicating that in 30 minutes tonight for him, just 11 points, but you didn't need him really to do anything else, especially when you have Donovan Mitchell, who was on eight rebounds because Evan Mobley was gobbling all them things up. <laughs> yeah. Um, tune in not to go back here, but tune in says we won the trade. LOL. Shout out to my guy, Jetty. Think he doing all right over there. He is, you know, again, no disrespect to Jetty because he's actually having a pretty efficient season so far for San Antonio, but Max Drews is just doing it against a higher quality of competition and he's doing it as a starter, uh, honestly. And he's, I feel like he, the value that he's given you is, is higher. And honestly, I haven't paid too much attention to Lamar's tenure so far with Boston, but I can't imagine it's anything close to what we are getting from Max Struess right now. But back to Allen, who I feel like was pretty solid on the night, had that matchup with Clint Capella, and honestly, he was hustling. He was hustling out there. I loved it. Tom says, Cavs, what about that Cavalanche lineup at the end of the half? Have we seen it before? Yeah, I feel like we have, just not a lot. Like these guys haven't necessarily been healthy, right? Um, but when they're on, they're on. And I feel like they have the ability to continuously do this. They just have to, one, stay healthy, and two, guys like Donovan Mitchell <laughs> have to knock down shots, right? Because, again, like I mentioned to open this up, dude in these last two games has shot a combined eight of 35 prior to tonight. That's not going to cut it. So when Don is, Don's shot is on, when Darius is able to orchestrate the offense, you see good things happen. Yeah. Loved it. Loved it. Yes. Yeah. So I, I, I thought that, that was an interesting lineup out there. We know that both cares and max are capable of giving you minutes at the power forward position in spurts. Like you don't want that to be the case. And we actually saw that earlier this season with max, especially capable of playing the four and who would have thought, right. Um, you're, we're already talking about this dude being undersized at the three, but he's, <laughs> he's given you minutes at the power forward position. Um, it's obviously all matchup driven, right? Like I mentioned before, Atlanta kind of plays small with the likes of uh, Hunter playing, you know, just being about 6'8". So not too much of a size advantage. This is a matchup similar to the one against Brooklyn where you can kind of get away with that, especially depending upon the archetype of the player that you are facing. Against Brooklyn, it wasn't a huge deal because, you know, Ben Simmons can't shoot for shit, right? <laughs> Uh, you can get away with stuff like that. And I think that was actually Isaac out there who who 
garnered that matchup. But I, I absolutely loved that lineup to uh, in the half. It was wonderful. I thought, and and that's a um, that's props to JB on that, right? We know JB's caught a lot of flack this season for his ATOs, uh, for the lack of timely, uh, for the lack of timely measure in regards to trying to challenge specific things. We I know that that's been a hot button, a hot topic for JB haters. Uh, but yeah, uh, I'm assuming by CPG, you mean Craig Porter Jr. Um, yeah, I think for me, especially coming off a game in which. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission at us customs and border protection. We go beyond to protect more than borders from ship to shore, air to ground. Cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu slash visit. He just didn't play and got that DNP uh, in the prior game. I was really hoping to see CPJ get some more run against a smaller Atlanta team. Because really, honestly, I, I think I was talking to Carter Rodriguez about this because um, I was literally just asking him, like, hey, is there something I don't know? Why is CPJ not out here against Toronto? And he actually, you know, very good point that Toronto plays very, very big in regards to the literal size of their players. So probably not the easiest matchup for Craig Porter Jr. out there, although Craig plays way above his size. And we've seen him go up against really anybody, uh, you know, no matter how big or tall they are uh, or big or small they are. But Craig, I really thought against this Atlanta team, who's a little bit on the shorter side, I thought this was – Probably a pretty good opportunity, but he only saw the floor for three minutes. He did knock down a mid-range jumper, which, man, that's a thing of beauty. That's really a thing of beauty for him. He may not have the consistent three-point shot just yet, but that guy, he'll pull up on you. It's very similar to what Lamar Stevens was able to do his first couple of seasons here. We know Lamar just he was a very inconsistent three-point shooter, but he was very really underrated when taking that mid-range pull-up. Craig Porter Jr. can do that. And the difference between those two, obviously, is that Craig can handle, right? Craig can facilitate. So I, I love to see that. I was a little disappointed that he didn't get much run in this. But honestly, with Isaac Okoro back, Karis LeVert back, and, and both those two guys playing very well tonight, you, there was not necessarily a huge need for him, especially when you have Donovan Mitchell going like he was and Darius Garland playing uh, really good basketball tonight as well. It was just a really good performance from top to bottom. And honestly, it, for a team like this who was like when at full strength, who I consider to be pretty stacked, Craig Porter Jr. not playing too many minutes is the least of my concerns. Like, I want the kid to get every single opportunity that he can. Same thing with Lamonte Bates, right? But uh, you can't argue against it. Like, for people, and I know this is nothing against you, Tom, because I know you understand what I mean when I say this, but um, for people who are like literally complain about JB not playing some of these young guys uh, in wins, that's just some crazy shit to me. Like, uh, like 
what are you going to complain about? We won the game convincingly. And again, that's not a shot against you, Tom, but I have seen some people out there still upset that JB didn't play Amani or didn't play Craig when we win and we win pretty convincingly. That said, there will be opportunities. And I think the one thing that people need to understand about those two guys is that for one, they are on two-way contracts and you do have to be smart with when you play them, right? They only get 50 games at the NBA level. And with the team returning to full strength, that might be sporadic. Um, I, th- I saw can pretty consistently after these last couple of games, um, I, I, I truly believe that Craig Porter Jr. is deserving of a role. Man, you ain't catching strays. You know I'm not talking about you. <laughs> Tom, you know I love you guys. Um, but uh, Tom and tune in. But I, I do truly see people out there suggesting that JB doesn't know what he's doing simply because he's not playing too un. You know, two very, very, in the case of Craig Porter Jr., an undrafted rookie, and in the case of Amani Bates, a second-round pick, a late second-round pick at that. Um, they've both obviously shown immense potential in different ways. But that, to me, I just translate that to mean we got a bright future. Even if Donovan Mitchell decides that this is not the place for him, I still feel pretty confident in our future here. Um, with Darius Garland, Evan Mobley, still got Jared Allen, Isaac Okoro. The list goes on and on, and you can add Craig Porter Jr. and Amani Bates to that list as they continue to develop, whether that be with the Cleveland Charge or in spot appearances for this Cleveland team. Just feeling really, really good. Um, we didn't get any Tristan Thompson minutes either, so I, you know that's it's another one of those things. Like it's it's very matchup driven. It's basically what do I need from that ninth or tenth man? And tonight, basically, JB. Okay, if there's one complaint, one complaint, I'll give you one. JB played basically an eight-man rotation tonight. Um, I don't love that simply because I feel like you want to keep these guys fresh, but with it being the final shot really to advance in the in-season tournament, I understood why that was the case because truth be told, right, they could have throw, they could have thrown the uh, the reserves in really 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 um with a lot of time left to go in that fourth quarter the game was basically out of reach uh, although atlanta was was trying to fight their way back into it you know uh, midway through it cleveland probably could have turned to the reserves very very early if they really wanted to but trying to run up that score because of this in-season tournament stuff um they kept the stars out there longer than i would have liked um, and the reason I say that is because, one, you don't want these guys to get injured, right? You don't want to run them into the ground, especially when Spida is really just coming back. You know, Isaac is just coming back. Tom makes a really good point down here. Um, DG and Spida seem to play well together tonight. Another complaint, other people, <laughs> none. Yes, so um, in order for these guys to continue to establish a rhythm with one another, you have to continue to play him. Maybe that's another reason why JB let things go a little bit longer. But uh, yeah, Noah Heritage says the lack of minutes was 100% because of the tournament. I'm not looking too much into it. Exactly. Yeah. So that that's what I'm saying. Like, um, obviously, they wanted to run the score up as much as they could. Didn't work out, but thankfully, it didn't hurt the Cavs at all because nobody got injured. Uh, but yeah, JB deployed an eight man rotation tonight. 
not a terrible thing. I don't think, especially in the case tonight where your your motivations are basically to advance the tournament. But I don't look for that to be the case from now on. I feel like JB should and could probably go at least nine to ten deep. I think that's a fair range to be in with Craig Porter Jr. probably being that ninth man and Tristan Thompson, depending upon whether or not we need some size out there, we needed uh, some toughness, some offensive rebounding, instant energy off the bench kind of guy. Um, Tristan Thompson is probably your 10th man. And that's without actually even mentioning Dean Wade, who is still out right now nursing that ankle sprain. So the, the, the good news is I say all that to say, the Cavs, we're back. <laughs> um, you know, just just feels good to have most of our full complement of players out there, right? You still don't have Ty Jerome. You still don't have Dean Wade. I'm not even going to truly factor Ricky Rubio into these conversations moving forward just because I just don't feel like we're going to get him back. That's truthfully how I feel. I feel like Ricky is done. That could change. I'm not a mind reader. I don't know the future, but I will. I'll just give you my honest opinion. I feel like Ricky's done and I'm okay with that. He's had a wonderful career if he decides to call it quits. And I don't necessarily know how we got here, but um, I just, I felt like clarifying that a little bit because when we have these conversations about health, about who's in, who's out, I'm just going to stop mentioning Ricky because I just don't, at this point, I really don't feel like Ricky is, uh, I don't feel like he's coming back. But uh, as Dr. Claw 77 says down here, what a game Atlanta has been owed that ass whooping. I added the ass word in there for you, Dr. Claw, for a couple seasons. Yes, they certainly have. Dating back to that, uh, for me, it's a playing game, right? <laughs> uh, but they just, they've asked for it for a while. And I just hate the way that they play, man. Especially, it's not even them, it's Trey Young. Trey Young really gets to me. He hasn't done it so much this season, but the, you know, the, the, the foul baiting, it just, I, I I truly have a disdain for that. And especially when we don't get foul calls whatsoever, it, you know, Donovan Mitchell, he'll, he'll draw them, but Darius Garland, Isaac Okoro, uh, you know, guys like that out there, we just can't, Max, Max Struess, add Max into that. We just don't get a fair whistle, but it hasn't mattered too much. Um, yes, Tom K says, so happy DG outplayed, uh, outplayed Trey today, especially that sequence when both were kind of trading threes. Well, at least one three each. And well, two for Darius, one for uh, one for Trey. Uh, Dr. Claus says down here, four Hawks and double digits, still one by 25. Yeah. I mean, I really don't feel like they got a huge performance tonight out of the likes of DeJounte Murray. Um, boy, heading back to that offseason, like for me, remember guys when people were seriously wanting the Cavaliers to trade for Murray as opposed to Donovan Mitchell. Remember that because as of right now, pretty plain and clear, Donovan Mitchell was the right choice. He's a better player. Uh, Dr. Claw 77 says, Max got smashed in the back of his head, no call, and then got a tech for complaining. This has just become commonplace. I don't understand it. I, I, I really don't understand it. And not to complain, not to bitch about it, like because we still won the game. But I'm seriously getting tired of the, the refs just, just fucking with us, man. I really just feel like they don't 
I don't feel like most of these games are called fairly on both sides. He absolutely got smashed on the back of his head, as Dr. Claus said, 77 says down here. Um, what what do you expect the guy to do? Dude gets basically smacked on the back of his head. I think it was elbow, but I don't know. Um, just gets walloped on the back of his head. What do you expect him to do? Just keep just keep walking down the court? No, he's going to be pissed off. Anybody would. Yeah, and, and Noah says down here, the refs are so inconsistent about giving text for complaining to it's really frustrating. That's the thing. Like, if you're going to get mad at one guy for complaining after a pretty blatant call that most people would say, and this is why, you know, Karis LeVert with this out there the other day, <laughs> he gets tossed, open your eyes, ref. Um, if you're For me, some of these calls have just been absolutely ridiculous. So they, they got to be a little bit more consistent. And NBA officiating, it's not just Cleveland. NBA officiating in general has been so up and down this season. I don't know. I don't know if they just – they all got together before the season started and they just decided, hey, we're going to call every game as frustratingly possible as we can. I don't know. I don't get it. And then, yes, there was another one against Okoro, which was not necessarily called a flagrant. For what it – take it for what it's worth, but Isaac, he's another guy out there who's not necessarily he's – not, he's not truly going to complain all that much. So if you see him complaining, it's a pretty big deal. Um, Max, obviously, that one was pretty damn blatant. So I expected him to be. Um, they are. They are. Tom says, I thought hit to head and shoulders was supposed to be flagrant. Apparently, it depends upon who's ref in the game. <laughs> so, I mean, that's really all I can say, man. Um, I don't know. Still feels good to put up a, a you know pretty large win. And on a night where you basically – you got seven starters for Cleveland scoring in double figures, obviously led by Donovan Mitchell's absolutely blistering 40 points. But, uh, yeah, this is a very complete performance from top to bottom. And one of the guys who I put content out on today, George Niang, he was he was stepping up off that Cavalier bench, especially as a rebounder. Um, dude's averaging a career high in boards this season, and he's still spacing the floor. Like, this is exactly what we brought him to town for. We didn't bring him in to play defense. We didn't bring him in to, uh, you know, to, to take – 10 million shots. We just wanted you to be a somewhat of a volume three point score. And that's exactly what he was done. And he's given us rebounding as well. He can be a liability on the defensive end, especially in off ball scenarios, but he's actually been a pretty solid on ball defender this season. So I've been very, very impressed with some of the things that George Neating has brought to the table. And he's gotten past that early season slump um, relatively unscathed. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Niang minivan got a tune up recently as Tom K says down here wholeheartedly agree. And the crazy thing is like when I was doing the research for that, for that video, if I was comparing a lot of what we were seeing from him to start the season to what he did for Philly last year. And it's the same fucking shots. He's taken literally the same damn shots. It, it, he can knock them down from the corners. Right. But by far his favorite shot is the above the break triple especially if it's catch and shoot. He's, he can pull up, but you don't really necessarily want that most of the time. You want him to be uh, taking that shot off of a catch and shoot feed from one of the one of the ball handlers. And he did that with the plum 
uh, last season for Philly. And he is starting really to start. Uh, he's starting to can those for Cleveland this year. Same type of shots. He was just going through a slump. And I'm, I've been very, very impressed with what he's been able to do. It's not like 2021, 22 season Kevin Love out there who's looked, who was looking like a, uh, a potential six man of the year. Uh, but it's, it's pretty good con- production. This is exactly what we brought him in for. We wanted him to provide some of that production that was lost ever since we left, uh, since we let Kevin Love walk. Uh, <laughs> Tune in Sports says he likes to do that little pump fake. He does. He, he tries to get as as AC would say. He got him a bird, right? He likes to try that. Kevin Love he excelled at that. Niang is pretty good. Uh, not Kevin Love level, but he's he's pretty good at doing that. But yeah, not going to be perfect. He was just two of six from three point distance tonight. But the spacing is really all that I care about because, as you guys has can have continuously heard me say, it's not just knocking down the shots. It's about whether or not the defense has to pay attention to you. Like how much gravity are you generating? And defenses, at least over the stretch, are starting to pay more and more attention to Nia. Um, that's basically all I can say in regards to him. Just a Really good performance from top to bottom. The only guy I feel like I didn't talk about a lot tonight was Karis LeVert. And LeVert, he started the season off like a six-man-of-the-year candidate. Uh, and he started to show a little bit more of that tonight in his 30 minutes. He gave 10 points and shot four of eight from the field, including two of five from distance. And I understand like his play time, especially with Craig Porter Jr. coming on the scene, um, his play time is probably going to be tampered back as the season goes on because tonight it was another 30 30 minute performance and as i've often said karis lavert is basically your sixth starter out there but as the season wears on and in an effort to get these guys fresh i think it would behoove jb to kind of lower his minutes a little bit and one of the ways that you do that is by including craig porter jr in the rotation giving him some more uh ball handling responsibilities letting him be that uh th- that next guy up right or you can go the route of giving some of those minutes to isaac okoro depending upon how good or bad that he is playing tonight okoro played just 16 minutes but he was every bit as impactful of, as we've ever seen him be in those 16 minutes so there's a lot of routes they can go with that but uh yeah there's literally not too many bad takeaways from this game from a Cleveland standpoint. It wasn't a perfect performance, but to hold Atlanta to 105, when we know they can put up a ton of points, that's a win. And then to score 128 on our end, right, and get guys going again, getting Donovan going 14 to 25 after going 8 of 35 in his last two games, that's big time. Once you get all these guys on, they can be just about anybody in this league, especially if they're playing cohesive basketball and they're moving the ball. And as I started the episode off by saying, and I'll close with this, for people who just don't believe that Donovan Mitchell has bought into the concept of team basketball, I want you to look at tonight's performance. Yes, he had 40 points, but the way that he was moving the ball, the way that he was trying to set guys up, the way that he was facilitating and dishing out there, That's indicative of a guy who knows that he is not the team himself, that he's part of it. So for me, I look at tonight's performance and I say to myself, this team is perfectly capable of replicating everything they did tonight. 
you just gotta you gotta have you have to get everybody going. You have to get everybody engaged. And I feel like they did their jobs. You had three guys finish with five or more assists. Garland finished with eight. Struce finished with seven. Beautiful, by the way. And Donnie finished with five. Excellent ball movement in route to 27 total assists. Cleveland won the assist battle 27 to 21. They won the rebounding battle 55 to 44. They, uh, they, the turnovers, they may have turned the ball over more, but it just didn't seem to matter as much because they held Atlanta to 35%. Yes, 35 fucking percent from the field, including 30% from three point distance, while going 54% themselves, including 36% from distance what more can you say and with that being said you know how to reach me it's cavalier underscore pod on twitter tiktok instagram youtube and more if you'd like to be added to the it's cavalier discord chat you know what to do leave a rating leave a review send a screenshot of said review to it's cavalier 53 at gmail.com and i will send you an invite thanks for hanging with me tonight guys go Cavs. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.